Hi, this is Jeff Coburn. We welcome you to this Disney Insights podcast. Well, it may be Paris, but somehow Disney has managed to bring the jungle to the city of love. In this podcast, we bring you Disneyland Paris's Adventureland. This land begins with the streets of Agrabah, only Disney's Aladdin wasn't even a hit film, hadn't even premiered until after the attraction was designed, constructed, and even opened. While joining Frontierland has no Tom Sawyer Island, this land offers an adventure isle of its own for play and discovery. This Adventureland also was the first of a Disney Magic Kingdom style park to not include a Jungle Cruise. But it does offer Disney's first 360 loop coaster and at one time a backward riding journey. And don't forget Pirates of the Caribbean, which took all of the favorite beloved scenes from Disneyland and Walt Disney World and put them into a new sequence all of its own. Come and see a very different adventure land, one that truly helps to set Disneyland Paris apart. Be sure to check out DisneyInsights.com as we will have a lot of video, a lot of photos. Um, really, it is an amazing um, selection of, uh, of material to better get a sense of what this land is completely like. By the way, this podcast, as well as others, are brought to you by Performance Journeys, which celebrates its 20th year as a training and development group, bringing best-in-business ideas through keynotes, workshops, seminars, and amazing benchmarking programs to organizations, big and small. If you're seeking to improve your customer delivery, to re-engage the morale of your workforce, to improve leadership in your organization, you're trying to figure out how to embrace change that's going on, any number of issues, we not only offer great solutions, but they're solutions that we have applied and and utilized in corporations and in public and nonprofit organizations. At Performance Journeys, it's as much about the journey as it is about performance. Well, let's uh, let's just dig right into Adventureland. Uh, I have to be honest, I can't think that I ever really entered Adventureland through Adventureland. One of the challenges, well, one of the, not challenge, but one of the differences is that Adventureland and Frontierland are swapped here. Whereas when you leave Main Street, you usually turn left and you go into Adventureland, both Disneyland and Walt Disney World. No, that's not the case here. Here, Frontierland's first, and then Adventureland, and Adventureland then borders Fantasyland. It does so for a very good reason, because Pirates of the Caribbean uh, becomes this perfect segue into Peter, Pan, um, Peter Pan's flight, and... It just kind of all merges really nicely there. Um, at the same time, it also actually merges pretty good from Frontierland. But I have to admit, usually I'm I'm entering Adventureland by way of Fantasyland or by way of Frontierland, not usually through the front entrance, which is also a very different entrance. Because what they've chosen to do is something that looks more akin to what you would see when you go to visit the Morocco Pavilion at Epcot. Here you're entering a sort of North African sensibility with a sort of Moroccan bazaar 
that kind of you lose yourself in and then it leads out to um, uh, a Central African motif and beyond that, the remaining jungles of, of Adventureland. Um, here you um, will find, first of all, if you actually look at the entrance um, to Adventureland, it's done in beautiful mosaic tiles and at the, at the, at the corner of this signage, is a golden circle which and by the way we have an imagineer that speaks to this in in a video that we have of this and if you remember disney's true life adventures those are the things that inspired the original adventureland in disneyland and there was a logo to true life adventures well that logo is found here at the entrance way it's a much more formal entrance um, and it leads into this um, Moroccan-style bazaar. There are lots of um, onion-style domes and, and towers that uh, golden um, uh, parapets and so forth that are kind of leading you into this space. And, um, and it, it is, it's a very beautiful, very lovely, well-themed space. You have to check it out at nighttime as well as daytime because it has a, a look and feel of its own. You go into a small courtyard and um, and you see kind of a, an old um, Jeep sitting there rusting out and you see this little Moroccan village. Now, as I kind of mentioned a few minutes before, uh, Aladdin hadn't come out into movie theaters in 92. It didn't come out. The uh, Disneyland Paris opened in um, April and um, Aladdin came out, I think, around Thanksgiving time. So um, there are references to Aladdin and to Genie, but they don't look anything like the Aladdin Genie. It was until afterwards they put in this little, you know how you, you see the little stores on or the, in the shops of the Emporium, you see these little window displays. Well, there's a little interior hallway that leads you through um, small dioramas which depict the story of Aladdin, but that was actually added on a couple of years uh, afterwards. There's even an Agrabah Cafe restaurant, but when you enter it, you will actually see a genie that looks very, very different. You also see representations of Sinbad, in one on one rooftop there's actually the egg of the bird and and again sinbad and his storybook voyages remember i've just referenced that in a previous podcast i talked about what is the sinbad attraction in tokyo disney sea and the beautiful music compass of your heart that was written by alan menken well none of that is in here too that would come later but um but there are references to sinbad so um, there's a lot of storybook references as you first come into this. Agrabah Cafe restaurant is really their f um, finest sit-down dining restaurant. You usually have to have a reservation uh, to visit there. And um, it's uh, it, it would be very similar to the kind of food you would have if you visited Morocco at Epcot. Uh, there's a, you kind of emerge from what is North Africa into a Central African type theme. 
you come by something called the Curious Giraffe, which unfortunately was still closed because of COVID when I was there last summer. But um, there's a big kind of animatronic giraffe that kind of perches his head on top of uh, the storefront there. But that is the main entrance uh, um, um, uh, shop right there. And then adjoining that becomes Hakuna Matata, which has a Lion King theme. And, uh, and this too is a really stunning uh, interior restaurant um with um it's just a, a very different look and it's a casual dining restaurant so you can grab something and just get out of the heat of the day or out of the cold of the day and um enjoy it um we have a bunch of photos of it and so all this kind of becomes unfolds as you go into adventureland but then from there we kind of move to a couple of different themes one is the jungle which was represented originally simply by a restaurant called um, the Explorers Club. Uh, yeah, it was called the Explorers Club. In fact, you can still see um, lighting fixtures that say EC. It's very curious because um, there's other places at Disneyland Paris where you could see initials um, for ED, which is Euro Disneyland, before it was retitled as, um, as uh, Disneyland Paris. You see these references. This is very early. You can even see a photo of what might have been considered. Now, mind you, this would not have been the first Explorers Club because that first one was developed uh, with um, Pleasure Island uh, at Walt Disney World. You see a photo of the adventures and and their Explorer Club flag. You don't. They're not the same recognizable characters you see at Hong Kong Disneyland, but there are references to this Explorers Club. It has been redone into kind of a. It's kind of sad because the only redo on it is the signage itself, and it's now called the Colonel Hathi's Pizza Outpost. And I suppose they needed an Italian food fair, but I wouldn't necessarily think the jungles of Africa would be the place to. Put that kind of restaurant but it is very popular and it's a very big style restaurant when you go in it also takes on kind of a little bit of the enchanted tiki room because in the middle of it is this big sprawling tree i show a picture of it on disney insights and there are murals around the room showing the adventures of the um explorers in the explorers club and in the tree are actually animatronic uh, birds they don't put on a show they don't sing to you they just kind of are there um, up in the tree. But th that all kind of goes through. There's kind of a colonial style look and feel to the restaurant. Originally, that was kind of the dead end of that corner of the park. Eventually, what came in was uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Peril. Um, I won't even try to say it in French. And this, um, this ride is is an interesting ride because it's a fairly basic um, steel coaster ride. It is um, it is a much smaller coaster style, but they put in the middle of this this Temple of Doom, very similar to the second Indiana Jones film. Um, you remember um, Short Round, who just won the Academy Award. This kind of takes. Uh, from that um, 
from that film. And uh, the coaster ride is kind of decorated like an abandoned temple in the jungle. It's all fallen into ruin. It, the, the train tracks look kind of rickety, so to speak. It doesn't accommodate a lot of people. It's really two joining trains, two people wide. Actually, in some ways, that's, that's the same size as two Space Mountain cars. Um, so it is the same size, but they can't have as many trains on the track as you find in uh, Space Mountain at Disneyland in their version of, uh, which is a two wide seat. Um, the, the ride opened in uh, 93. So it came in right after it was kind of the major attraction that first opened and then beyond that came their version of Space Mountain. And uh, it has a 60 foot drop at the end. Um, it's at the height of about seven feet. But the big thing about it um, is that it it goes into a complete loop, which is the first attraction that ever did that, was to actually go into a 360 loop. Now, um, what Space Mountain, how Space Mountain across the way in Discoveryland, how it is different than other rides and attractions. By the way, my son back in the back is getting ready for school, so he's kind of in his noisy place. But any rate, Space Mountain is an inverted uh, launch, and it was the first launch coaster um, that Disney ever did be long before um, rock and roller coaster uh, took off. So that kind of gives you a sense of that. But at any rate, in this corner is a very popular attraction, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. There's a little gift shop that that um, is part of it. And from there, there is one of four bridges that lead you to an island. Now, I kind of compared I kind of compared the island to Tom Sawyer Island, but the difference between Tom Sawyer Island and this island is that there are no rafts to get there. You simply cross by bridge. Um, even the one in Adventureland at Hong Kong Disneyland, they too have an island with the Swiss Family Treehouse on it, but you get there by raft. Here you just simply cross by a bridge. Uh, if you are looking from the bridge, uh, to the island, if you kind of look back, you actually see this little boat dock. And at the boat dock is Carl and Russell um, seeking out their own adventures and getting ready um, to to go abroad. But where we are headed next is what's referred to as Venture Isle. And in Disney Insights, I provide you a map of this. And I should also say that one of the treasures you find when you join our Patreon group, the Wayfinder Society, is this interactive journey through all things pirates, particularly Pirates of the Caribbean. Adventure Isle is about pirates. And as much as Pirates of the Caribbean is pirates, think about how Tom Sawyer Island at Disneyland was kind of rethemed with a pirate's lair. No, this is much more intentional and, and a lot more fun is this is the ultimate um, uh, climb and explore and go through caves. It is really divided into three zones based on three Disney films that deal with pirates. And none of them being Pirates of the Caribbean, the movie which came far after this land was created. The first of these 
films is probably the more fam- well is is a familiar one if you're familiar. I think it's one of Disney's greatest live action films uh, after um, Mary Poppins, and that is Swiss Family Robinson. That is one of the films that are highlighted on this island. The second is Peter Pan and that animated film classic. And the third is a lesser known, um, but definitely worth checking out, Treasure Island, based on Robert Louis Stevenson's book of the same title. Um, It too is referenced very much here as you go to Adventure Isle. And by the way, if you watch that film, you will see that the very stereotypes and tropes and and um, uh, symbols and uh, what makes a pirate a pirate are all that really is characterized by Treasure Island. That is really where the attraction Pirates of the Caribbean uh, was originally. I mean, it's not based on Treasure Island, but you get so much of that pirate lore from that book and film and then ultimately the the film for Pirates of the Caribbean followed after that. Well, any rate, Adventure Isle allows you to explore and there is a big big hanging bridge that takes you across the the, the, um, the top of the island. But then there are um there are shipwrecks. There's a shipwreck and there are these barrel bridges that kind of head through the shipwreck. I think it is partly tied. It's kind of, the shipwreck is kind of tied to both Treasure Island and to Swiss Family Robinson. Of course, you have the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse. And in our Wayfinder Society, we'll show you a video of of, uh, the interior of this. Now, everybody knows you climb up the treehouse. One thing that makes this treehouse very different than any before is that well, two things. First, they sat the tree up about 20 feet. So you actually are about 20 feet up before you even begin to climb the tree. And you see all the different rooms. You have the living room, the parents' bedroom, the boys' room. And you see all of those elements. The kitchen at the base camp of the tree. All of those are there. But they, they sit up 20 feet up. So what actually happens is... Um, when you arrive in Adventureland, and sometimes you can even see it from other points um, throughout the park, Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse sits very clear um, and and is very distinguished as as a centerpiece of Adventureland. What makes that also really kind of cool is if you go up there and it's a clear day where you can see forever um, and you look in the right direction, which ought to be um, looking west, what you will see is you will see Paris and the Eiffel Tower um, in the far, far, far distance. It's a good drive away, but you can actually see it on a clear day. Um, The reason the tree, besides getting a really good view and having it stand up, one of the reasons the tree sits up 20 feet is because below the tree, there is a root cellar. Now, (laughs) we use in, in... in our language, a root cellar is often talked about as kind of a basement area where you kind of keep your your provisions and keep them cool from spoiling and so forth. Well, the same thing here is there was no root cellar in the film, but this 
attraction does have a root cellar and you can go explore um, underneath the tree. It's one of the caves kind of areas you get to explore when you are on Adventure Island. It's very cool, very, very neatly decked out. But it's not the only cave you can discover because when you head over to the other end of the island, Spyglass Hill, which is um, a particular uh, location in Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island, you go in through some caves there and you head into a pirate's grotto and there you find um, a vast matey, you find skeletons and you find treasure and gold and it's all lit up and it's very cool. You see this kind of skeleton uh, face on the wall. It's, it's, uh, it's a great place. I'm telling you, I get lost down there. It's It just goes on and on in different directions. It's not like you start here and you end there. You can kind of go different directions and it exits in different places. It's very cool how they have designed it. Now, the other final piece um, to all of this is the Peter Pan portion. And what they have done here is they've taken Captain Hook's pirate ship, very similar to the pirate ship that originally was in, it's an homage to the pirate ship, the tuna boat that originally existed in um, Fantasyland at Disneyland before the remodel in the early 80s of Fantasyland. And you see the skull on the back of the ship and usually it's explorable. It hasn't been explorable partly because of COVID, partly because of reconstruction needs and so forth. Um, there is, however, a playground adjacent to it. And um, that, again, when you're not in a pandemic, is also open for um, for little toddlers to kind of enjoy and to explore and kind of do their own thing. My favorite part of it is um, Skull Rock. You actually can go in through Skull Rock and peer out of the mouth um, to the pirate ship and to the shores of Adventureland Beyond. It's just really cool. And don't miss seeing all of this at night. It just has a certain glow and feel to it that is just very cool. Adventure Isle, really, you could get lost for a solid hour or so. Um, there's a little beach as you move from uh, Adventure Isle to Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> sunbathers. You know, the Parisians, they like to, to bathe uh, to, to, to get their sun when, when it's out. They used to kind of hit the beach right there and they had to put up signs saying uh, crocodile, um, Captain Hook's crocodile nearby and so forth. But um, where we head next is into Pirates of the Caribbean. It's not done in New Orleans style. It's done in an old fortress. And that fortress looks almost like it's crumbling. It's suggesting a fortress of the day. And in fact, there's very rare maps of what this attraction looks like. So I bet I found one and I posted it um, in Disney Insights. What makes Pirates of the Caribbean so unique? Well, let me just tell you, first of all, I should be, I would be remiss if I didn't mention um, that they have a tremendous, um, well, no, I'll come back to that. Let's just start with the pirate fort. The pirate fort is looking aged. And the idea is that you are coming upon ruins in the present time. 
And as you go through the queue, you see the fortress in ruin, cobwebs everywhere. Um, it is thick and it looks like everything has decayed over time. It is um, very, it's, it's actually pretty well detailed. Half of the queue is outside, half the queue is inside. It's really quite well done. And then you weave your way to the boat dock where you board. Now, everything is in a different order here than it is at Disneyland and Magic Kingdom. First off, you set sail and you go by what has been called the Blue Lagoon, but that was the name that and that was the name of the restaurant originally. It's now Captain Jack Sparrow's, and it sits on the water looking down. It's not. Um, it's not a kind of a New Orleans style, but rather it looks like a sort of tropical island um, dock or pier looking down on your boats as you set by. I have a link to that um, that I'll put onto Disney Insights where I compared all the indoor, outdoor, indoor restaurants themed to be like outdoors, such as Blue um, Bayou and Captain Jack's and the one in Mexico at Epcot and so forth. There's there's a number of them, and I actually do a comparison contrast if you want to check that out. I do think this is a stunningly beautiful restaurant. The food was terrible the first time I, I went... Um, the first time I visited it, the food was awful and the lighting was terrible. And my companion with me, we were heading to South Africa to do work for Disney. And uh, she twisted her leg on a, on a step. And that just made the whole trip very difficult. So watch your step in this area. But the ship is going by this Blue Lagoon and then kind of by a little shipwreck. And you see this octopus, very similar to one you used to see in the summer show for the Country Bear Jamboree. At any rate, you head now to the kind of the entrance of this fortress, but the fortress sits up high. And the only way you can go up is through this fortress hoist. And so all the gears and chains are moving and it's hauling you up. And as you remember at Disneyland, Walt said, well, how do you, if you fall down the waterfall, how do you get up? Will you go up the waterfall? Well, you're kind of going up a waterfall, but what you're going up is this system of the, uh, of levers and hoists that are taking you up to the top of the fort. And in the process, you see um, 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 uh, who is it? One of the characters um, from uh, remember how there were projected images on the mist, and I'm trying to think of his name. Um, uh, Blackbeard. Is it Blackbeard? Yeah. Um, that kind of shows his face. At any rate, you get to the top of the fort and the fort is kind of flooded over. And this is where you get to the jail scene. You also see um, uh, this pirate that's kind of swinging from a rope. You know how pirates kind of swung from ropes um, from one ship to another and so forth. You see this pirate swinging from the rope. It looks an awful lot like the Tarzan swing from the great movie ride. But at any rate, you're kind of going across all this and then you um, and then after you pass the jail scene, you plummet down into um, Pirate's Cove where you have the familiar um, Wicked Wench, although I think it's titled as a different ship here. But um, you don't have Barbosa on the ship. You have the original pirate on that ship 
and you go into the scene Puerto Dorado on Isla um, Tesoro, and you see the mayor in the dunking well, and you see the auction scene, and then you actually are treated to another, and you see the man, uh, you see Captain Jack Sparrow behind on a barrel as the man's trying to find the treasure map, and then you see, and then you actually get to a scene where you have these two animatronics, and they are in a buccaneer fight with each other. It is an amazing animatronic for its time, and they are literally slashing swords with each other and having this duel. It's very cool. And then you come into the town with the whole fire, burning village, and so forth. And then as you as you kind of come toward the end of that, um, you kind of enter into a cavern and and the the um, fireworks or um, the um, how the barrels that were full of um, of uh, dynamite and so forth, all those explode. There's some projection technology with that and steam, and you plummet again. That first hoist goes up quite high. This is a very tall attraction before it falls down into Pirate's Cove, and then it falls down again to what is Dead Man's Cavern. So the the cave scenes you usually see at the beginning of this thing is now at the end, and it's suggesting that um, we've kind of returned to um, to to now and to today, and you see the remains, you see the effect of plunging and and rioting and looting and so forth, and that they are all now dead and skeletons. Only what you see now is. Um, you see Captain Jack Sparrow and you see Barbosa, and Barbosa actually turns into a skeleton using, it's not a perfect effect, but it's not, it's kind of a cool effect. He kind of turns into a skeleton as he, as you pass his scene and Captain Jack Sparrow looks like, I, I, I don't know, you, it's kind of the addition of the Cap, Jack Sparrow scenes kinds of throws the whole storyline out a little bit. But notwithstanding, it is a totally different Pirates of the Caribbean and so worth taking a look at. In fact, the talking head, Dead Men Telling Them Tales, actually, that's the very last thing you see before you go back into the dock to unload. From the unload, you head into a very nice uh, gift shop um, that is really well-themed out and lots of merchandise. And then adjoining that is the... the um, the restaurant that I spoke of, which is part a shop building that you go into where you wait for your, it's a big kind of um, building with pictures of Pirates of the Caribbean that were done by Mark Davis and so forth and others. And then you actually move into the Blue Lagoon where you dine in that location. Um, long and short, it's just a stunning um, air corner of the park. Everything is well done. It's been redone recently with rehab and it adjoins nicely to Fantasyland, which by the way is where we're going next in our whole series. So you're going to want to make sure you subscribe so you get notification. But one of the th cool things about this is it's a, this amazing segue as you go from Pirates of the Caribbean to Peter Pan's flight with 
its own Captain Hook and so forth. And there's this theming that's done with Pinocchio's Village House that really kind of brings it all together. I'll put in a link there as well because we actually have a uh, podcast that we did about two months ago with kind of great segues that happen in Disney parks and this is the best of the best and so we talk a lot about that and you can check that out as well so there's a lot to check out also um, my film of Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland Paris you can check that video out which is available on YouTube and make sure you subscribe to it it is Disney Insights as well so lots more to check out and especially I, I can't emphasize the fact that you want to check out the Patreon group. If you love Pirates of the Caribbean, if you love Avatar, if you love Disney best in business ideas, we have some cool things in our little Patreon group. For your contribution, you get privileges to actually visit and experience some of these. And we're going to release the whole seg segment on Disneyland Paris um, within the next week or so so you want to definitely join up and check that out and you can see some um, links that will show you kind of what this all looks like it's a, a, um, a whole thing of maps and interactive guides and comparisons and videos and audio and photos and all sorts of things that just celebrate the details if you love the details of Disney check out our patron group the Wayfinder Society well, that does it for this Disney at Play podcast. We're glad you could join us. Appreciate you being a part. And um, and keep subscribing. Keep, um, keep checking us out because we have so much to share and so much to talk about. Again, in the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, not the one at Disneyland Paris, but the one over at Tokyo Disney Sea. we always remind you that no matter where you are in life, follow the compass of your heart. It will serve you well because life is an adventure. You want to follow that compass. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon. <laughs>